0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Parenting, you may be aware, has become an art form. There are books about how to excel in every area, food, discipline, sleeping, James Breakwell has a different kind of message. James is a comedian whose Twitter account, Exploding Unicorn, records his funny interactions with his kids. He has four girls, eight and under, so the ages eight is the eldest, all the way down to three. Now he wants you to think about what it means to not be an exceptional parent with his book, Bare Minimum Parenting, The Ultimate Guide to Not Quite Ruining Your Child. James joins us on the phone now. Hi, James. How are you?
1: I am doing great, surviving the cold here, just like you're surviving the heat there. So, (laughs) yes, (laughs) we did.
0: We just did have that conversation about the extremes we're experiencing. So, how much snow? (laughs) You can talk in inches. We we do have to use inches here as well. By the end of the next three days, how much snow do you reckon you're going to have?
1: I I think by the end of by the next Thursday or so, I think we're going to have about twenty nine inches of snow
0: which is insane. (laughs) What what does one even do with that much snow? Like –
1: I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. We like since we've lived here, we've not had that much. This is the kind of snow you get like once every ten years. So we'll, we'll find out. I think what you do is stay inside and pretend the outside doesn't exist.
0: Which I this is such a foreign concept. It's a foreign concept for you to imagine how hot it is here now. But it's a foreign concept for me to imagine so much snow because I just said to my husband last night, I said I'd love the kids to see what new, real snow looks like because they've only <laughs> seen man-made snow, which is effectively ice. I don't know oh. going to the, that many, that much snow where you are is probably too far though <laughs>
1: Yeah. you get a big variety of climates in America. Like if you go if you go like five hours north of where I am, they go around on snowmobiles and they're built for snow and if they get three feet of snow in a day, they, they don't even get late for school. I mean they're ready. We're down further, we're we we do not really like the snow so much. We get it every year, but we're not we're not big fans of it. So our our views are much closer to yours than you might think.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well let's talk about your book, Bare Minimum Parenting. Were you filling a gap in the market with this book? Like I mentioned, there's so many about how to be an exceptional parent. Um, were you filling a gap there or do you honestly think there are too many books about how to do this parenting gig right? I,
1: I- I think both are true. I think there's too many books, and I think the books that are out there aren't really addressing the right situation. I mean, every book you read, almost every single one is going to tell you how to work harder and do more and go above and beyond uh, to raise this perfect child. But are kids today really any better off than they were 50 or 60 years ago before every parent's uh, parent bookshelf had 100 parenting books on it? I don't think they are. I don't think we're raising perfect kids. I don't think we're becoming perfect parents. Uh, so I kind of took the opposite approach. I thought if we're all kind of spinning our wheels and and if, if doing all this extra isn't really making that much of a difference, what's the least you can do to still turn out a decent human being? And it started out as a joke. I thought that sounded like a really funny idea for a book. Uh, and it, I mean, it, it is a comedy book. And then by the time I got to the end of it, though, I, I accidentally proved a point. I think I proved <laughs> that if you, just, if, if you just relax, if you take it easy uh, and don't stress out about everything, if you don't put all this pressure on your kid, I think your child will actually be better off. But if you raise them according to all those other uh, parenting books that are designed, you know, make to turn your child into the superstar, I think the laid back approach is actually better for them.
0: And not to um, take away from that point, because I do thoroughly agree with you, but we should mention that this is not scientifically based, given that you do try to compare the difference between the parenting approaches of, was it Stalin and Abraham Lincoln or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was my favorite chapter in the book. You're the first interviewer to mention it, though. That's the one <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's not a science book. It's, it's it's a comedy book. It just kind of builds out logical arguments. Uh, it's meant to be fun. Uh, but I, but it, it's funny because every interview I've been going on, they're not comedy podcasts. They're all parenting podcasts. <laughs> yeah, this is really true. And, and I've had a few one of the earlier interviews I went on. They're like, you know, well, this study supports you, and that study supports you. And, and that's what I didn't want to get into, first of all, because that's really boring. But second of all, because one says this is going to save your child, and then two days later, a different study says, no, no, that's going to kill your child. Like, the, the scientific parenting wisdom seems to change day by day with what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. I know for a long time, you're supposed to lay your kid on their... But when I was growing up, I, uh, doctors told my mom, you have to lay your kid on their stomach when they're a baby or they'll die. And now they tell you if you lay your, ch- your child on their stomach, that's what kills them. I mean, like, the, the parenting wisdom changes pretty fast. So that wasn't what I was trying to do here. I was trying to get kind of to the more the, the general wisdom uh, but I do think there is some science behind it, at least. At least the people have said to me so far,
0: except for the part about parenting for Stalin and Abraham, <laughs>
1: especially <laughs> Although, the part with Lincoln and Stalin. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we I should, know should send. 100%. <laughs> I
0: reckon someone needs to do that study, and they'll probably find you're right anyway. Um, <laughs> speaking of kind of this philosophical approach to parenting, it seems today like we live in a world where. Everybody is taught we have the power to be exceptional, which seems actually to me, it's quite a dangerous idea for us as adults to think that if we're not exceptional, we're failing. But um, it also feels like in this book, you're trying to steer parents away from doing that to our kids because in a way, it feels like we're setting them up to fail.
1: I, I, yeah, I really think that that is setting up to fail. Like, we raise our kids like they're the chosen one every time they're going to change the world. You know what? Everybody changes the world in their own small way. We're all part of it. We're part of the greater community. We make a difference just by being here. But that doesn't mean that you have to be, like, Grand Emperor of the Earth. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, be, be the next Beethoven. It doesn't, it doesn't mean any of those things. It means that you go out there and be a good person and live a good life that you find fulfilling. And that doesn't mean you have to go out there and be richer. And I, I think that's really what a lot of these metrics boil down to, these parents who want their kids to be successful, I think it's just coded language for they want them to make a lot of money. And they start pushing them from the very earliest age. They want them to achieve all these high marks. So they get into the best college. They get into these you know, very select few professions. And it has nothing to do with how happy the child is or how, like, what kind of lifestyle the child has. It's all about how are you going to come out materially? But we would never, we would never admit that to ourselves. It's something that we can't say, so we have to couch it in euphemisms. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think if we just look at how we actually turn out, you know, just look at yourself, your friends, the people you hang out with, the people you respect. Uh, Everybody's we're living good lives. We're we're turning out just fine, and we don't need to put this added pressure on our kids to become something that we're, we ourselves are not.
0: Why do you think there's so much parent shaming around? I mean, you spoke then about not being able to admit to ourselves what our true ambitions are, but there's also that kind of competitive comparison culture around where parents feel that they're doing the wrong thing because they've made a certain choice for their child. I mean, how do we get to that point
1: I think it, well, it boils down to two things. The first big one is social media, that we see what everybody else is doing and we feel pressure to compete. But you have to remember, if your kids are anything like mine, I think all kids are like this. I mean, when you post one picture of your quote unquote perfect family, that's one picture out of a thousand that you took. You know, you get the one picture where nobody's fighting or crying or biting or whatever else (laughs) and you post your perfect picture and then somebody else retaliates by posting their perfect picture and both pictures are are lies. And we kind of, we create this echo chamber of deception on the internet where we're only putting our best foot forward uh, and it confuses everybody and I think the other thing is that everybody makes the best choice for their kids like nobody does something and says, this is what I think will be terrible for my child that's what I'm going to do today we all make the best choice that we can you know for me that best choice is I'm going to be a more laid back parent for somebody else to be I'm going to be this high strong super sports parent whatever it is and then we go online and we say well we can't both be right you can't be right being laid back and I you know if I'm if I'm doing this and so if I'm right you have to be wrong and we, we treat it like a zero sum game. And it, it comes down to really petty stuff, especially, and I think this really hits uh, first-time parents, especially first-time mothers hard, uh, you know, they're trying to get, you know, the, the best diaper brand, the best type of bottle, the best type of stroller, and we act like if you, you know, you pick one brand, I pick another brand, and we act like if you pick the other brand that I didn't, you know, you, your baby's going to die. Like, I have to convince you to save your child's life, and we've, it, we've just attached this importance with it that it doesn't belong. I, I think in reality, both stroller brands are fine. Both, both diaper brands are fine. I think, I think no matter what you choose, as long as you love and take care of your child, they're going to be just fine, and we need to take this pressure off. Off of ourselves.
0: And particularly it gets very personal when it comes down to things like breastfeeding or bottle feeding, yes. co-sleeping or sleeping apart. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's almost like those decisions are so personal that people, once they are challenged on their choice, start thinking, oh my God, maybe I've made the wrong decision and maybe... When they've originally they followed their, followed their intuition, the competition comes in and the shaming comes mm-hmm. in, and then they start doubting it, which is a really sad place to be, isn't it?
1: I think a lot of the parent shaming does come from a place of insecurity. If you see somebody else doing something differently, you've got that glimmer of doubt. You know, what if I'm the one who's accidentally killing my child? You go, no, no, I must be right. They must be wrong. And then you, you lash out with all this extra vehemence. Uh, but it, the truth is, especially early on, as long as you're giving the kid that you know, you're helping you meet the child's basic needs, uh, they're going to turn out okay. And that child before the age of you know four or five, chances are they're not going to remember much of anything you did. These, imp- uh, these decisions that we attach apocalyptic importance to, in reality, your kid's not going to remember I mean how many memories do you yourself have from before you know before you were five or six I mean we have almost none and the memories we do have are mostly reconstructed they're things our parents tell us they're the pictures our parents show us they're kind of this recreated history and so if we're setting the story anyway if we're going to be the ones telling our kids what happened let's let's just edit it let's make it a good story tell them they had a good childhood so we don't <laughs> even have to worry about it it was the selective editing of childhood oh, I
0: love it I'm going to have to start photoshopping some stuff um- <laughs> (laughs) This book seems like the perfect antidote to parental guilt. I know you said it started off as a funny idea. You accidentally came to a a brilliant conclusion. Um, Throughout, though, was it your intention to try and alleviate some of that guilt?
1: Yes, and I, I don't think anybody's immune to guilt. I feel guilty from time to time. I think it's just built into us. I'm sure I used this line a bunch in there. I think, I think guilt is just inherent to parenthood. If you're not feeling guilty, you're not raising your kid. But I don't think that all that guilt is necessary. I think it just, it just creeps in because deep down you always feel like I could be doing more. I could be pushing myself harder. And I think at some point we just have to admit to ourselves, no, what I have done is good enough. And sometimes good enough is better than doing too much. Uh, cause you have to remember that it's not all about us. I think we've got a bit of parenting narcissism that's crept in that we think the entire course of our child's life will be determined by us and us alone. Your child's going to grow up and they're going to live 80 or 90 or 100 years, and they're going to have a million other factors that come into their lives. They're going to have their own free will, their own choices, their own preferences. And you're a big factor early on, but you're not the only factor. And we have to remember that. As long as you take care of your kid, you alone will not ruin them or save them. You're just going to help them move on to the next stage of their life.
0: I think you've just answered what was going to be my final question, which is what would be the one piece of advice you'd give another parent? That seems like a good one. You're not going to ruin or save your child. You're just one part of the mix
1: yes, and i and that's I have to remind myself of that sometimes, but it is it is such a relief and and we I think you know if the, the thing is, we have two different standards with how we look at our own childhood and how we look at uh, our kids' childhoods. So if you're if you're like me or like most people, we laugh about you know how laid back our parents were, the things they let us get away with, or you know how we how much freedom we had. All these things and we think that was great for ourselves, and then we turn around with how we we raise our own kids and think, oh, we would never do that. My my parents gave too much leeway, you know. But you think about how the way your parents raised you, they, they they brought you up to be you. They brought you up to be able to make these critical choices. They turned us into the people we are now, uh, and that. That's really one of the most disturbing things I, I think I find with these other parenting books, with these other parenting movements, is we kind of assume that all the generations of parents that came before us were idiots, and that we're the first <laughs> ones who figured it out. And, I mean, in reality, you know, humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years, raising kids before parenting books, before the internet, before the written word. They've been doing just fine. And, and someday our kids are going to grow up, and they're going to think we're dumb, and we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's just how it is every generation.
0: And look, finally, um, this Maybe a, a challenging one to pull up, but what was the best piece of parenting advice you were ever given by somebody else?
1: I um, I don't know if I have advice per se, but I have, I have a parenting role model, and that's my dad. And my favorite parent. So, so I'm. Uh... I'm 22 years older than my youngest siblings. I, I, I come from a big family. Uh, I'm, I'm the oldest, and my youngest brother is—he's uh, well, was 22 younger, so I guess he's he's 11 now. And uh, so when he was born, I was a senior in college, so I got to see my parents very differently than when I was growing up in the house, you know, kind of in the mix. And so I, I went back one day, and uh, my brother at the time was two or three, and uh, he was just screaming at my dad's feet, just screaming and screaming and screaming. And I finally said to my dad. Are you going to do something about that? And he goes, "Do something about what?" Like he, he had achieved such a state of zen that he couldn't even hear this temper tantrum at his feet. And that's that's the level of calm I aspire to. I have not gotten there yet, but you know, just figure looking back, it's like, no, no wonder my dad survived seven kids. He just, he just learned to shut off his hearing. So that's that's what I aspire to be as a parent.
0: Oh, that's brilliant, James. Thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me on here. Uh, go enjoy that warm weather.
0: <laughs> that's James Breakwell. His book is called Bare Minimum Parenting, The Ultimate Guide to Not Quite Ruining Your Child. You'll find him on Twitter at Exploding Unicorn. That's with an X, not an E-X. So that's X-P-L-O-D-I-N-G, capital U-N-I-C-O-R-N. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at parentbrand.com.au. See you next time.